Hey guys, welcome back to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And welcome to some of you and welcome back to the rest of you. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm like brain dead today. Me too. This is like not computing. No, yeah, nothing. <laughs> well, before we start talking about our book, um, let me look over. Well, let's do our second suite and then have a few things to talk about. So what is your suck for the week? So my suck is it's really hot in Texas already. Except today. Yeah. Today is not too bad, but it has been so <laughs> hot. Mm-hmm. And I say already, but actually it's really late for us. So yeah, double edged sword. It is really late. Um, this week was like over 100 uh, several days. It's miserable. It's humid. Ugh. The blackout curtains don't do the trick. <laughs> it's just nasty. And then even when the sun goes down, it doesn't really go down that much. And then I don't know if this has been on like national news or anything, but if you were with us in February, you remember we had a huge snow ice storm where like Lacey didn't have power for what, four or five days? Oh, yeah. It would, it would come on for like two hours and then go right back off. So a lot of people didn't have power. And um, so Texas has its own energy grid called an ERCOT is who oversees the energy grid. Why Texas has their own energy grid, I do not fucking know. It's like the Wild West out here. Everyone else's is like federally regulated and overseen. Ours is not. So the reason we were told that the power outages happened in the winter was because things were not winterized. Oh, because this never happens here. Like, okay. Well, last week when the first freaking day it started getting hot, Aircott was like, hey, you guys better uh, reduce your power usage or we're going to have blackouts. And we're like, yo, I thought this was over some winterized shit. So now, so what can the grid keep up with? Yeah, really. Really. And this is something it should be accustomed to because this happens every year. We reach these temperatures every year. Yes, and I don't remember um, any other. I remember one other year in my Jackson. He, this is a little song and dance he does at dinner time where we're trying to feed him, and he barks at his bowl of food. <laughs> he's so excited. Okay, he's eating. Um, so I can only remember one other year. God damn it, Jackson. Where so it good. So- that they had to actually do a blackout. I don't ever remember another year where they were, like, threatening this. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? I don't either. I don't either. I think that they took all the money they were supposed to use to update this shit and just fucking, like, gave themselves bonuses and bullshit. Probably. Sounds about right. (sighs) Sounds about right. And then they were telling everyone that at night you should put your air on, like, 80. No. (laughs) Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> and then 78 during the day, and I'm no, like, no, no, not putting my air up that high. I'm like, sorry, I sweat when I go outside. It. I'm not going to sweat inside, too. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but then this other thing, people that have those little smart smart thermostats and signed up for this program, Aircott was going in and changing it. So some people were waking up in the middle of the night and their air was on like 80. But 
they gave permission for them to do that when they signed up for this program. It like gave some kind of discount. But they didn't read the fine print. And my dad's like, yo, I saw that when I signed up for my energy plan. And I said, nope. Yeah, no. I'm like, That's part I, of the I, problem with some of this, like, electric and saving money yeah. stuff and, like, going digital with stuff. You don't read the fine print. <laughs> this is why I don't like smart things. Like, I don't That's need, true. Things I don't need my refrigerator and shit hooked up to the Wi-Fi. No. Okay? No. I just need a refrigerator that keeps my food cold. Right. And I don't need someone hacking into my freaking air conditioner and changing that right, shit. Right, exactly. Night. Well, I don't my really stuff, want to change it from my phone either because I can get up and walk two feet yeah, to the wall to do it I myself. I don't want anything connected to my phone because someone could hack into my phone. Ugh. Okay, so my suck for the week is fuck you Barnes & Noble and fuck you Eventbrite. <laughs> <laughs> Those are strong words. Okay, let's backtrack. When I bought, so Taylor Jenkins Reid had a new book that came out, Malibu Rising. I already talked about it. I already read it. I got it the day it came out at Barnes & Noble. So when I bought it, they emailed me this invitation and said, hey, we're having this, vir- since we're not doing like book signings, we're having this virtual event where Taylor Jenkins Reid is going to be in conversation with V.E. Schwab, who is the author of our book this week, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. So it's just going to be like a conversation between the two and you can like submit questions and watch. Okay. So excited. I've been looking forward to this for like three weeks. I went today after work. I got my little pedicure. I was feeling good, you know, came home, made myself a little um, turkey wrap, settle in. I was going to watch this thing and then record with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they never sent a link. So I go to like the event page. It says, join here. I join here. It takes you to the details page. The details page says, click here. I click here. It takes you to the event page. It's just a loop. There's no link. There's no way to join this bullshit meeting that probably never even fucking happened. I'm pissed. They didn't put it on their Twitter or anything? So, it, yeah, they did. And Barnes & Noble was putting it on their socials, and the authors were putting it on their socials. But it takes you to the Eventbrite page, who is, like, the one that put, that hosted it and put it together. And yeah. therein lies the problem, because on their page is where you're getting the loop and no actual link to join the event. Ugh. And I'm like, what kind of bullshit is this? Nobody, like, quality checked this beforehand or anything, you know? I don't know if it was just me, because, you know, I'm on a MacBook, and sometimes shit gets fucked up on a MacBook, so I even tried on my phone. Didn't work. So if you were able to attend, let us know what they talked about. I've been trying to check their social media to see, like, you know, if they posted anything about it. But let me check and see. I'm going to go right now and look. This just made me so mad. I was so freaking excited. Yeah, I know. You talked yeah. about it in the last episode, too. Neither of those authors have posted that it happened, and I don't see any emails saying, you know, whatever. So, yeah, fuck you guys. <sighs> <laughs> What's your sweet for the week? So, my boy's been spending the summer with his dad, but he came home this past weekend. So, I got to spend uh-huh. some time with him. He went back today, though. So I know when I saw you last time, you were kind of upset that he hadn't called you the whole time yeah. he was gone. Call you? He's a preteen boy though, so I get it. But but so he never called you? No, okay. except for when he wanted me to come pick him up this weekend. <laughs> well, was he excited to see you? Yeah. Oh, is he having fun? Yeah. That's good. Good, good. Well, so how long is he gonna be gone now? 
Uh, well, we've got a dentist appointment next week, so he'll have to come back this weekend again. <laughs> fun. Fun, fun. I got a lot of sweets. Um, well, as I mentioned, I got a pedicure today, and it was fabulous. And I guess she lost track of time when she was rubbing my feet and legs because she did it for a really long time. Felt incredible. I went with my um, – I have, like, a rotation of colors I use during the summer. So it was time for my summer white petty. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So I got my white toes. And um, I'm thankful for this cold front today because it's beautiful. It's supposed to be even cooler tomorrow. Yes. Thank God. Because when I went out for my morning walk, it, was, it wasn't it was too bad. It was warm, though, and humid. But um, after lunchtime, it, like, cooled significantly. And it hasn't rained here yet, but I think it's supposed to – I think we're going to get some bad storms tonight, which I'm Probably. fine with. That means yeah, me too. I sleep harder. <laughs> I'll be out. Yes. Um, this is kind of a suck and a sweet because last week I talked about James Avery. You know, my anklet, my bracelets, da-da-da. I even posted them on our page because maybe we can get a sponsorship. You know what I'm saying? But today they sent me an email saying they started their sale of buy two charms, get a bracelet or a necklace for free after I done bought a ton of shit. And this sale is usually around Mother's Day. They didn't do it last year, I guess, because of the pandemic. So when it was June, I was like, all right, well, they're clearly not doing it this year either. And I had just talked to one of my friends and we were like, so I guess they're not doing it. And she was like, yeah, I guess not. So that's why I went ahead and bought all my shit. And now they're doing it. Damn it. But, oh, that's Steve turning on his PlayStation. Um, but if you want a charm bracelet and you don't have one, you can buy two charms and get your bracelet for free. For free? Boom. <laughs> okay. Few things to talk about. Um, I posted a screenshot of our text where I said I was trying to name my kid Resan. But my, <laughs> I forgot where it came from. <laughs> um, so at April's an open book said that is good. I had my husband convinced Carter was a good boy's name until he remembered my lifelong Backstreet Boys Nick Carter. <laughs> Good thing we had daughters. And that made me think of you because you, too, were obsessed with Nick Carter. Yeah, Nick was Nick was my drug of choice. Brian was <laughs> yours. Brian Luttrell. Yes, I was I was a Brian girl and you were a Nick girl. That's the good thing is, like, growing up, we never liked the same dudes. No. But yeah, we we never always had completely different tastes. Yes. Completely <laughs> different tastes. So we never had fights over them or anything. Like, even with the Spice Girls, we never yeah. had to fight over who was who. That's good. O-Town. So, yeah, even, I mean, all of them, O-Town, Bon Jovi, like, all of them. Kelly's going to laugh at the Bon Jovi thing. We never really liked uh, the sink. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Fuck Sorry. <laughs> 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 really dropping those F-bombs today. Um, I'm going through my notes, making sure I don't have any. So, would you name your kid Carter? No. Not that obsessed. No, not at all. What about Nick? No, I don't think I would. Dude, my dogs are about to like, they're acting like they're about to enter WrestleMania or something. (laughs) (laughs) They just get this urge to like wrestle. And they both like did the thing where their paws, like their front paws are, they're in like a bow position. 
And they're like growling at each other. Dogs are weird. <laughs> they feel good. Full yeah. tennis. I don't know. I mean, Steve and I don't like eat dinner and then wrestle. <laughs> you probably well, you could. I mean, we could, but <laughs> um, I went shooting this weekend at Steve's family farm, and I'd just like to report that I still got it. I just yeah. took a good shot. That was I fun, but it was do what? You still pew pew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I already told you this. I felt like dehydrated. Yeah. And I was shaking, holding that rifle, and I was like, I better stop or I'm going to shoot someone. That's just it's so hot here. It is so hot. And there was absolutely no shade out there. And, like, my face was sweating, and I started getting, like, dizzy. And then holding that rifle, shaking, I was like, no, I can't do it anymore. And, I mean, we weren't even out there, like, probably, like, not even 30 minutes. And Steve got sunburned in that time. Sounds about right, yeah. <sighs> Texas, another breed, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm totally getting out of this shithole. Uh, all right. Gosh, I just feel so negative today. I'm not negative. I'm, I was feeling great today. Just tired. It's Monday. Yeah. Snack. You need a snack. I think, yeah, I think you do need a snack. Okay. After. So this week we read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. By V.E. Schwab, which I think her name's actually Victoria, but I believe she writes young adult under Victoria and then other stuff under V.E., if I'm remembering that correctly. Does that sound right? I'm not sure. I think so. In the back flap, let me look. Let's see. Victoria V.E. doesn't say, but it does say that her name is Victoria. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right. If I'm not, y'all can just email us. Um, so, do you want to give them a synopsis? Uh, okay, so let me just shorten this little inside flap. <laughs> so, <laughs> Basically, France, early 1700s, this woman named Adeline is supposed to be married off to somebody she does not want to be married off to. So she starts praying to these old gods that her family friend told her about. But she doesn't realize how long she's praying. It turns nighttime and she starts praying to a god that she should not be. He grants her wish. Basically, she's ageless. But everybody forgets who she is. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's, that in. that's pretty much it. Um, so in her little village, there was this older unmarried woman who was like, kind of like a witch, I guess. She like made medicines and th- like herbal things for healing and stuff like that. And, um, she told Adeline, never pray. What is it? What's the quote? Never pray to the gods at, at the dark or something. I have yeah, it written down. Never really. pray after dark or something like that. To the gods of the dark. There were some really good quotes in here. Ugh, we'll get there. There was something like that. Um, and um, 
yeah, she was going to marry this dude who was a widower who had, like, two kids, and apparently he was, like, kind of ugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she didn't want to do it. Her parents were like, no, you're going to do it. She didn't really want to get married. She said she kept saying she wanted to be free, and that was when she's praying to the God, and when he grants her her wish, he's he says, she's like, I want freedom. I don't want to be tied down. I want to, like, live an interesting life beyond, like, my village. She was very ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the price was her soul as mm-hmm. it goes. Mm-hmm. So, first question. What was your favorite part of the book? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, full disclosure, I did not finish this book. Oh. It was very hard for me to chew through. I got as far as 120 pages. It took me the entire week to get that far, and I could not stomach the rest of it. Not because it's not a good underlying story. It's purely for the writing. She is way too descriptive for me. Yeah. Well, okay, that's your favorite part, though. (laughs) But that's just my full disclosure. So some of these questions I'm not really going to be able to answer completely because I didn't read the whole book. But... Very descriptive. Um, and some of it, she really, like, switches writing. Like, she doesn't have one particular writing style. Like, sometimes the story's flowing really good, and then sometimes it starts getting really choppy. I haven't quite experienced writing like this before. Um, well, and not only does it flip-flop between their present and her mm-hmm. past, it mm-hmm. also flip-flops between her and Henry. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah. it was too much. So it is flipping back and forth um, because the present day, you know, she is, no one remembers her. So she'll meet someone. If they leave a room or something, they come back, they have no clue who she is. She, she can like, physically... She can't even say her name. Like, she'll choke on the words when she tries. So, like, one scene, she needs a new outfit. So she goes into a clothing store. She tries on an outfit. But because she goes in the fitting room, the attendant doesn't even remember who she is. And she just walks out with the new outfit. Like, things like that. Like, that's how she is surviving. Um, Like, she meets this one actor, goes into his apartment, mm -hmm. and, like, just spills some red wine on the couch, and it disappears. Yes, she cannot leave a mark. She cannot write anything. She cannot, if you try to take a picture of her, it'll come out blurry. Um, She can leave no mark upon the world. And the reason it keeps going back with that dual timeline is to show you, because for a while, every year on the anniversary of her making this deal with who, we don't know, because it never says. It kind of makes it sound like it's it's the devil. You know, she talked about old gods, Hades. I don't know. It doesn't name him. He takes the form of a man that she drew because she was an artist. That's what form it takes um, because that was like her ideal man. And it does that on purpose. Um, at first, he's called like the shadows or he, only, he can only come out at night. When it's daytime, he can't come out. Um So every year on their anniversary, he visits her. But then, you know, sometimes like five years go by and sometimes 50 years go by. And I'll get into it. um, Other stuff that happens between them. But I think my favorite part of the book 
And I'll explain later why it is the ending because it's not the ending most people would expect. But what was your favorite part? I would have to say my favorite part's kind of the old god himself mm-hmm. because it's not your traditional like bad guy. Like he doesn't have a physical form really. Mhm. And I liked that. Yeah, he's like smoke and mist and darkness and he's very powerful though. Um I guess maybe they don't say who he is to kind of leave it to like your own interpretation or like whatever you believe in. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Um, What was your least? Well, I think we already know the answer, but what was your least favorite part of the book? Yeah. The switching timelines and characters. It's just, it's it's not my cup of tea. I can't keep up with books like that. It does. um, Yeah. I, it does switch a lot. I, Jackson, oh my god. At the beginning of it, I did feel like it was too much, but about halfway through, and when you start getting this information and it starts answering all this, all these questions, you're just like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I will say it is a very slow burn. Um, most of the action takes place, I don't want to say most of the action, because a lot of shit happens, but I would say the most important things happening happens like the last 50 pages mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I don't really care for books like that I don't like slow burns because like I, I got, it's either. gotta be interesting that's why I don't like super detailed I need I need something that's gonna hold me mm-hmm. and invest me in the characters I flip flop them back and forth and in between two characters it's just no no <laughs> <laughs> Um, by the way, these are <laughs> Oprah's book club questions, and we've mixed in some of our own. So was it a fast or slow read, and why? <laughs> <laughs> no, you have my answer. <laughs> it, it, was a sl- it was a slow, but um, I went through the second half of the book real quick because I was like, A, I want to know what happens, and then all this shit starts happening, and all these questions are getting answered. So I read I through the second half pretty quick. I did want to finish reading it because the story does seem interesting, but you know, I don't, it would have taken me like two weeks to read this book in all actuality. And I don't like to read books that long. Well, after I tell you the ending, you may not want to read it. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? So just how she stays in some of these people's houses. Yeah. That she doesn't actually know. So they're, like, people that she has, like, had sex with. Um, So, like, the beginning of the book, she meets this um, musician. And she's waking up. And, like, she slept with him the night before. But because he's gone to sleep and waking up, he doesn't remember who she is. But, you know, he's like, oh, wow, I must have had a lot to drink tonight. I'm so sorry. I don't remember anything. But this is she's actually been doing this for, like, two months. So she goes to this guy, and she basically has to, like, charm these people every night to get them to take her home you know what I mean so she kind of has like different people throughout the city like at one point there's Samantha who's an artist and she goes to her place and like stays on the rooftop and then like Lacey said there's an actor who she knows is on location filming and she knows the code he has like a pin pad door and she knows how to get in and she stays the night there and there's another guy 
I think he was an author in Brooklyn and she st- so she has all of these throughout. I mean, this is what she's been doing for 300 years. This is how she's been surviving. Um, you know, she'll go to get food or she'll like grab something for off of some, you know, like if it's ready to go out, she'll grab it or order it and then skip out on the bill. Cause they're not going to remember her. Once they walk away, they're not going to remember her. They're not even going to remember they were serving someone. Um, and that is a thing that the shadow, he does get a name later. She calls him Luke, which she says, because he asks the, the man that you drew, did you give him a name? And she says, yes, I would think it would be Luke. And she's like, to herself, she's like, maybe for Lucifer. That's kind of the only mention you get of who this God is. Um, he de- he does tell her he deals in souls. He makes deals all the time. And every time when he's coming to see her every year, he's trying to get her, because part of their deal was, um, it, there really was no time limit. It was whenever she's done and she decides to like give up and give him her soul. So that's what he's always asking her. Like, which is part and, of the reason why he made everybody forget her. Yes. Is so that she, it would kind of speed it along. He's trying to break her. And so she gets really comfortable. At one point she gets very comfortable in France. You know, she studies people and she studies their movements and there's like a noble family and she knows when they're gone and she knows when she can stay at their house, things like that. So he comes and gets her and drops her in Italy. Like she doesn't speak Italian. She's a woman. It's not the time where women can just do stuff freely. And he's like, and she knows that he's doing this to break her, but she's like determined. She's like, I'm not going to let him win. I'm just going to keep going and keep living forever. And you're never going to get my soul. Da, 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 da. Um, so I would think event scene or character that has stuck with me the most is definitely Luke. I don't know why. I don't know what this says about my personality, but I always like the, the evil Yes. Every time. I don't know why. What is wrong with me? We want what we can't have. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great character. He, um... There's a lot that happens between them. I mean, I'll get into it later, but he's the character that stuck with me the most. So, next question. What did you think of the writing? Are there any sentence, standout sentences or vocabulary? <sighs> Too many descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> Too many descriptions. Like... I get if it's something like in a fantasy book where you might not know what something looks like because it's a fantasy book. Whereas this was like, you know, modern day New York where most people can get a general idea. But still, she explains like just walking down the street, like whole storefronts and everything. And it takes up like two pages and you're like, why did I just waste my time on Mm -hmm. two pages of a descriptive scene when it could have been between two characters and given me more emotions? Mhm. Yeah, I get that. Um I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier when I said it, her writing style is very different and that she can be like that, but then it also she can like flow a really great story. Yeah. So That's what's it so was, sad is I was, was so excited about the story because it seems like a really good idea. Mhm. Um, there were a lot of standout quotes. I I did find a lot of uh, some good quotes. Like this one I posted on our Instagram. 
Books she has found are a way to live a thousand lives or to find strength in a very long one. I think I wrote down another one, too. That is a good one. Yeah, that was the only one I wrote down. But there's there are some good ones. Um, I'm reading over my notes. As far as the writing, I feel like the book should come with a trigger warning because in the beginning, it's pretty depressing. And I feel like someone that's not in a good state could be dragged down by that. Yeah. And people that are easily influenced could find themselves in maybe a darker place because she literally has no one. She has nothing. She can't even own things because they'll like disappear. She doesn't have a place to put them. Her I mean, family doesn't remember her. Her family. I mean, yeah, when this happens, she tries to go back to her family. They have no idea who she is. That's how she kind of starts upon this vagabond existence. I mean, it can get pretty dark. Um, so I think it should come with a trigger warning. Oh, and there was the other quote I was looking for. <laughs> Do you think life has any value if one doesn't leave some mark upon the world? Um, and she also struggles with that because, you know, she can't, like, write things down. She can't draw things. She can't, she can't do anything. So in order to kind of skirt around that, she starts influencing all these artists. And throughout the story, when it's flashing back, it's showing works of art that she is influenced, that either they've drawn her or they've painted her, or maybe she, like the dude at the beginning, the songwriter. She's giving a melody. melody. Yeah. Yes. So even though no one remembers her, she has still found a way to, like, leave her mark upon the world. And even Luke can't do anything about it because she's not breaking any rules. She's just being amused. So that was kind of cool. Um, the author included a ton of things about art like a ton so I googled it because I was like she is very knowledgeable about this um so this was an article on tor T-O-R dot com and it was four questions with V.E. Schwab on her new novel and one of the questions was how did your art history background influence the invisible life of Addie LaRue so Victoria said many people don't know that I have a background in art history I would say if you read the book it's pretty clear she It's does. pretty obvious. Yeah. And art is something that plays a huge, huge factor in the book because Addie discovers that she can influence artists and be a kind of muse. And I was definitely, and I definitely was able to pull on that academic background as much as I was able to, to look at the different schools of art in different time periods and wonder how would a muse have touched those pieces. And she um, even includes little pictures and inserts about, like, the art that Addie's going to look at to remind herself that she's inspired this, too. It's a cool it's a cool concept in the book. Um, it's interesting. If you want to read that article, there's more questions on there. But ne- our next book club question, <laughs> would you want to read another book by this author? You know... I wanted to read a series that I had found when I got this book. Now I'm very hesitant. (laughs) You already have the series? No, I didn't buy it yet because I wasn't sure about her writing style. Gotcha. Um, I think that I would, depending on what the book was about. I I enjoyed the book. Um, I gave it four stars. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, it's such an amazing book. It's the best book I ever read. No, I'm not going to go there. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was a very, I was worried at first because before I read it and I found out her name was Adeline and, you know, she doesn't age. I'm like, okay, are they ripping off Blake Lively? Like (laughs) WTF. The Age of Adeline is one of my favorite movies, but this is 
completely different. I mean, in Age of Adeline, people remember her. She can say her name. She can, she can like, take out. Yeah, she yeah. can be photographed. So it's a totally, I don't know if Adeline, I don't know if that's an Easter egg or a coincidence. I would very much like to know. But it is nothing like Age of Adeline at all. Um, did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? I wouldn't say it impacted me, really. I would say at the beginning when it's kind of depressing, I felt a little down. I was like, oh, wow, this is a bummer. It's really... I mean, it does speak volumes about how some people would treat a complete stranger, you know? Because all of these people mm -hmm. were just afraid of her when they didn't know who she was. Yeah, in the 1700s and eight, yeah, for sure. Like, they're like, who are you? What are you doing here? Because it's like a small town, so they're... And it's a woman walking around, like, by herself, which back then was like, no, no. They're like, where's your chaperone? Where's your lady's maid? Like, you must be trouble. You must be a witch or whatever. So... Yeah, I agree. It definitely does. Um, what surprised you most about the book? That I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I am shocked because I was for sure you were gonna love this. Like, I wanted to so bad, but it I think if you would have just soldiered on, I think if this wouldn't have been summer and we're trying to read a book every week, and it was like you had two weeks to read it. I think you would have finished, and I think you would really like it. Maybe. I don't know. It was really grueling to get through 120. It is. And then I still had, what, 300 more? Yeah. It, the first, it is hard to get through. I will agree. Um, who, wants to, who wants to, like, you know, crawl through a book when you like reading? True. I, I hear you. Like, if I don't like something, I don't want to finish it because there's too many good books out there. And it's not like, you know, Lester, where it was just a terrible story. It's just, oh, it's, just scripted. it's how I get with some of Stephen King's books, too. Lord, Lord, forgive me, the, the master of horror. But, you know, mm -hmm. I like I like some of his books and some of his books I can get through. But others are just way too descriptive. Yeah, that's why I still haven't read it, because um, it's like the biggest book I've ever seen. And it's a 44 hour audio book. So yeah. maybe someday. Um, what surprised me most? Yeah, again, the ending, and I'll get to it. Um, how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? I would say when I reached the ending, I, uh, hmm, I liked it a lot more than the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so as this is going on and she's, you know, pop in people's apartments that are out of town or whatever. And then it's going back and telling, you know, she knows all these languages. She lived in Italy. She lived in Germany. She lived in London. She, she made it over to Greek. America. She reads a book in Greek. She goes to a bookstore because um, it's really easy for her to lift things because no one remembers her. And she loves New York city and she finds a bookstore that she's never been to. And she's like, that's what I love about this city is that, just when you think you know everything, you find a bookstore you've never been to. So she goes in and she finds a copy of the Odyssey and she takes it. And the guy behind the counter is like, excuse me, like, are you going to pay for that? But she walks out because she's like, as soon as I walk out, he's going to forget anyway. So no big deal. 
Well, he chases her out of the store and he's like, hello, I saw you. And she's like, what? And he's like, um, should I call the police? Like what, what's going on? And she was like, oh, um, like she's kind of shocked that he, it's still gotten to this point because usually people have forgotten. And then she looks down and realizes it's the Odyssey in Greek. And he's like, all right, well, just keep it because, you know, it's not like a big seller or anything, like whatever. And she's like, okay. So she goes and she like reads it. And then the next day she goes back to the same fucking store and she sees another lady say, oh yeah, I bought this. And then I decided I wanted something else. So I want to return it. And he's like, okay. Also, this guy has a, he looks like her drawing, AKA Luke of her ideal man. And apparently whenever she like sleeps with a guy, she tends to like gravitate towards people that look like that. Like that's her type or whatever. And this guy has a, like a very strong resemblance to Luke. So she's kind of taken aback by that. But, um, she goes up to the counter and she's like, Hey, my friend bought me this and I already have it. So I just wanted to exchange it. And he's like, you're kidding. Right. And she's like, no, um, you know, believe it or not, I have read it in Greek and I just want to grab something else. He's like, after you stole it yesterday. And she's like, hold up. What? And he's like, I remember you. And like, when he says, I remember you, she has not been remembered or heard anyone say that in over 300 years, except for Luke. Luke is the only person that can say her name. And so she's like, holy shit. Um, so that really blows things wide open. And in fact, one of the reasons her relationship with Luke kind of changes over the years is because she starts yearning for someone that familiar, 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 how do you say that word? I can't talk. Familiarity. She's searching for that. And the fact that he comes and he's like my Adeline and she just wants to hear her name. It's kind of like Stockholm syndrome, I guess, but she's just craving something familiar. So she starts seeing Henry because he remembers her and he's, she's drawn to him and, um, they're dating, you know, they're enjoying each other. Da da da. Um, I don't remember how they got on the conversation. I think he introduced her to his friends. And then every time she sees his friends, they don't remember her. And he's like, something's up. So she's like, she just tells him. She's like, all right, I'm just going to tell you the truth. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but I can prove it to you. So she tells him the whole truth. And he's like, I believe you. And she's like, okay, I kind of thought that was going to take more convincing. Um, So why do you believe me? He's like, because I made a deal too. Oh, Boom. So then it starts going back to Henry's world and Henry had gone through this really bad breakup where he proposed to this girl and she like basically laughed in his face and he was like suicidal and he's like going to jump off of his roof one night and guess who shows up? Oh, Luke, AKA shadow man, AKA. I don't even know. I think to Henry, he kind of looks like Henry's brother. I guess everyone Uh. sees him differently. So the, so he also didn't really understand what he was doing because, you know, this stranger shows up and is like, you know, like, what do you want? Henry's like to be loved. And he's like, well, I can do that, but there's a price, you know? And Henry's like, well, I don't believe in God or the devil or souls. So like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So he makes the deal. And Adam and Addie's like, shit she's like Henry like how did you not know what you were doing he's like well I was drunk I didn't even or he had taken I think um 
some pills his sister had given him, and it didn't say what they were, but they were pink with, like, umbrellas on them. I don't oh. know if it was, like, X or Molly. I don't know. I don't know about drugs, kids. It was some shit he was fucked up on. So he was like, I didn't even, like, really realize what I was doing until, so because he wants to be loved, his deal was everyone sees him as, like, their ideal whatever. So Addie had kind of noticed, like, they went to a food truck, and this woman looked at him and started crying and said, you look just like my dead son. And so she, like, gave him his food for free or, like, they went to a bar and the bartender like gave him shots for like stuff like people are really nice to him. And she's like, that's weird. And so his deal is if, if someone is looking for a lover, they see him as their perfect man. So like, he'll ask them, what do you like about me? It's like, he was dating this barista and she was like, you're so funny. You're so outgoing. You're so witty. And he's like, I'm not any of those things. She's like, you're ambitious. He's like, I work at a bookstore and I, dropped out of school when I was working on my PhD. So I know that this is basically the deal talking and that you're not really into me. He even like runs into his ex that he tried to propose to at one point And she's like, Henry, we should really give it another chance. And you're everything I wanted. He's like, that's the exact opposite of what you told me when you dumped me. So he's having a, like, even one of his best friends is in love with him. And he knows that it's the, the curse because, he dated his friend and his friend dumped him. So he's like, all right, I can't find anyone that loves me. He goes home to visit his family and his fan. He was always kind of the black sheep and everyone was disappointed in him because he was just working at a bookstore, like wasn't really doing anything with his life. And he goes home to visit his family and his parents are like, there's our baby boy that we're so proud of. And he's like, he's like, who are y'all talking to? And his siblings are really nice to him. So, the fact that Addie isn't affected by his curse. That he's just not affected by her. He's not affected by her. They're just like moths to a flame for one another. So there's kind of a twist though. Addie kind of figures out Henry has this watch and it doesn't seem to like go with time, but it has 12 hands. And like since they've started dating, it's gone down like four hands. So mm-hmm. he only, or he only has like, three hands left till 12. Well, apparently when Luke made her deal, you know, there was no time limit on it, but I guess Luke learned his lesson. He started putting time limits and Henry only got a year with his deal. Mm -hmm. So they find out they only have like three months left together before they come to take Henry's soul. So Addie's like, oh, my God, I'm going to fix this. So she's talking to Luke, and she's like, let him out of his deal. I'll do whatever you want. And he's like, no, a deal's a deal. Like, it's not my fault the dude didn't know what he was getting into. Well, then you find out some backstory, right? So over the 300 years, Luke and Addie have been meeting up. Different things have been happening. Sometimes he's nice to her, and he takes her to an opera, or he takes her out to dinner, stuff like that. And it's all, she thinks it's all a game. You know, he's trying to break her he's trying to be nice to her well somehow in it starts in the 50s um i have some notes i would remember yeah in the 50s they start boning he starts wooing her taking her to nice places taking her clubbing taking her to dinner he tells her he's in love with her she tells him she's in love with him One night, they're in New Orleans, and he gives her a box, and there's a house key in it. And he's like, this is your home. And she's like, I can't have a home. And he's like, I can't change your deal, but I can bend your deal, and this is your home. Is that where the wedding ring comes from? 
Okay. No, the wedding <laughs> was from her. It was a thing her dad made her because he was a wood maker. Okay. But okay. he, mm. when he gave her back the ring, he said, put this on and this will call me to you or whatever. But she can never lose it. Like she's tried many times to lose it. Yeah. And it yeah won't she's throwing it off the balconies and everything else. Yeah. So they're like in love or whatever. Then they have a fight or something like that. And he says, she goes, oh, my God, this was all a way to get me to break, wasn't it? And he smiles and he's like, I had to try a new um, new strategy to see if it would work. And she's like, oh, my God. So they get in this like horrible fight. They knock over all these candles and her house in New Orleans burns down. He leaves. So they don't speak for like 30 years. And then this brings it up to present day in New York City. So she finds out about Henry's deal. She's like, Luke, you got to let him out of it. You got to let him out of it. Da, da, da. Um, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. She's kind of wearing, wearing him down. He's like, I'll think about it if you spend the night with me. And she's like, okay. So she tells Henry, she's completely transparent. And all this time, she's also been telling Henry her story. And he's been writing it down for her because They've discovered that he can write things she says and it doesn't disappear. They even go to like this art gallery where you, they have like paint splattered and you can make your own art. And she put her hand over his. And when she draws, because his hand is doing it, the art stays. So they've kind of found this. Yes, this. Um, So he's writing down her story. He knows everything. He's like, you don't have to do this for me. You know, don't go. And she's like, no, I have to try. Well, Luke keeps her like a week and she doesn't realize it until she gets back. She thinks she's been gone a few hours. She's been gone a week and they only have like three months left together. So they basically decide that like they're just going to kind of enjoy their time together. Right. Um, Also, through the flashbacks, you find Luke has made some deals with some very famous people like Shakespeare. And he actually takes her to a reaping and it's Beethoven. Huh. He mentions Joan of Arc. Um, so sometimes when she see when they run into each other, she's like, well, who are you here for? And he's like, that person. Like, they go to a play, and he's like, I'm here for them. Um, so it was really hard to tell if he just wanted her soul or if he was really in love with her. Because as the book goes on, their relationship just changes. And then... In New York, you know, when he makes her spend the night with him, which is really a week, he tells her the same thing, that he's in love with her. He just told her that stuff in New Orleans because he was, like, upset or whatever. Um, So, which brings me to the end. All right. So, it gets to the end of him because Henry has a little watch that tells him when his deal is going to end, right? Mm -hmm. So, they spent, like, the whole day together just doing stuff. It's getting time. He's, like, getting dizzy. He knows it's coming because it's about to be midnight. And she's like, Henry, I, I need to tell you one last story. Well, three days before his deal was supposed to end, she went to Luke and she said, I will literally do anything to get Henry out of this deal. And she was like, you're right. I'm not human. I haven't been human in 300 years. Cause he's like, you know, you and I are kind of the same. She's like, but Henry, you know, humans have shown me that they have perseverance and he can get through this and he can make something of himself. And I, I'm not going to give you my soul, but I will give you myself. And Luke's like, all right, 
he goes, I can't break his deal, but I can bend it. So you stay with me and I'll let Henry out of his deal. So as Henry thinks he's like dying, Adeline tells him this and then she disappears. And so he wakes up the next morning and he's like, did I dream it? Like, he's like, I had this crazy dream and then, and he like, you're not sure if he remembers Adeline. And then it shows her in a bookstore in London with Luke. Oh wait, hold on this part. Um, and then Henry looks to the journals and all the journals are still filled. So he remembers everything. Like his memory was not wiped. So he writes a book. So the very end, they're at a bookstore in London and these girls are talking about the invisible life of Addie LaRue. And Addie picks up a copy and Luke's with her. And she's like, I'm surprised you're not mad about this. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'll give them, I'll give them one. You found a little loophole, my Adeline or whatever. And then it ends. So they're together. There's this book that's out that Henry's put out as fiction. He's not putting it as like nonfiction or whatever. Isn't that crazy? So she ends up basically with the double to save Henry. Paula, are you still there? Lacey. Like I was on thinking. Mute. Yeah, it was oh. on mute. But who I thought does she really love. Okay, well, she does mention that, um, like, to herself, she's like, you know, this is just a new part of the game, and I'm going to break him. So it seems like she doesn't really love Luke. She's just, it's just part of the game to her. And if this is what she had to do, then this is what she had to do. Hmm. I told you it was not the ending people were probably expecting. And my little explanation did not do it justice. It's such a good ending. I mean, all of this is like happening so fast and then you're flashing back and you're getting, and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. It was a really good ending. Um, so that's why my opinion of the book changed when I reached the ending. How does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? If you could give the book a new title. Yeah. I think it works. (laughs) We already know what your answer is going to be. Is this book overrated or underrated? Yeah, it's overrated. (laughs) (laughs) For me. For me. <laughs> On Goodreads, it has 4.29, and I think that that is appropriate. I gave it four stars. I did not think it deserved more than that. Does this book remind you of any other books, or is it an original idea? I mean, sort of an original idea. The Age of Adeline is kind of similar, but different. Yeah, yeah I agree. Do you think you'll remember it in a few years or months? Was it impactful to you? I think that I'll not pray to anything in dark. (laughs) I would have thought you learned that anyway. (laughs) I don't know, though. Luke's pretty hot. so Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Would you consider rereading this book? No, No. I don't think so. Any, Any lingering questions or plot holes? I feel like as I was reading it, when a question would come up, I would get the answer later on. So, no, I don't think so. I would just like to know if Luke really loves her or is just playing her. It was just a game for him, too. Yeah. Like, he's just pissed because he left this huge loophole in their deal but learned his lesson and gave everyone else time limits. (laughs) (laughs) That would be something I'd like to know. So, that's Addie LaRue. Um, I had... No, I don't think I had any reviews for this one. So... 
everyone on Bookstagram really loves it. I have not seen one negative comment about it. It's like... Well, it's me. (laughs) That's okay. Not everything is for everyone. So, you know, that's just... It didn't work for you, and there's plenty of stuff that doesn't work for me and plenty of stuff that that don't work for other people. So I think you should give it a chance some other time. Maybe wait a few months until this me telling you what happened, like you forget, and then maybe try it again. Or maybe do like an audiobook. That might be easier to get through. I find that to be easier to get through Stephen King books, to be honest. Because then I'm just like, all right, whatever. So our next book is a listener pick. Um, Sarah sent in a listener pick, and we are going to read... Be Treed by Emily Henry, which is on sale for Prime Day. So if you're listening, it's like $7 on Amazon right now. That's paperback. All right, so we're back. Um, <laughs> Lacey got kicked off of her Skype call. It's a listener's book. Sarah sent it in, and we are reading Be Treed by Emily Henry. And... This comes out tomorrow, so it's still Prime Day, and it's only like $7 on Prime Day. That's for the paperback. Yep, so go ahead and order your copy. You're going to have two weeks to read this one to send us your comments, questions, reviews, email. Podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Or Instagram at twobookworms1podcast. What do you want to do for next week? Do you want to read A Court of Wings and Ruin? Uh, Yes. Okay, so next week for our talk-y-sode, because we're obsessed with the Court of Thorns and Roses series, we're going to talk about the third book in that series. Have you started? No, but I'm starting it tonight. I was waiting until we recorded this to start it, because I was like, I don't want to forget the 120 pages of Addie LaRue that I read. I'm excited. Um, I'm about halfway through it, so I'm excited to talk about it with you. we fucking love that series so much. So that will be fun. Two weeks. Now you're just, just going to have to take Next your time. Week. Yes, I'm going to have to take my time. Next week, we're going to talk about A Court of Wings and Ruin. Anything else I'm forgetting? No, no. I don't think so. No. Well, that's all I got. Bye, guys. Bye. Little, say bye. Yeah.